I mean, this is the last stand. You're listening to The Unfiltered. Well, I hate to say I told you so. There's nothing to be done besides to get on Twitter and tweet to all my dumbass followers. <laughs> but I told you so. Hey, I told you so. The controversial. He's a dumbass. He can't do math. He's an idiot. He gets his hair cut at Walmart. Look at that shitty haircut. The realest podcast in the Southeast. Let the dogs loose. <laughs> Let the goons be goons. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. 11 in a row. Enough. <laughs> 38 in a row. As in 38 on extra point when we were whipping that ass. Ranch gang, stand up. The holy war is upon us. Welcome to Reed's Ranch, the podcast with Seth Hughes. Like, just quit acting like this is any fun at all. Another edition of Reed's Ranch, February 2nd. Seth's already beating the hell out of his keyboard for some reason. Seth Hughes joins me down in Alabama. What's up, my brother? Not much, John. How are you doing today? I'm happy to hear your voice. Good. I'm happy to hear yours. Hey, we got Happy Seth today, everybody. Everyone, please press J in the chat for Happy Seth. Please press J for Happy for Happy Seth in the chat. I love to hear it. I was worried that you'd be cranky, but you're in a good mood. You texted me. You said, hey, let's pod. I said, all right, my pod brother, let's do it. Let's do it. The last time we talked was um the the night it became, I guess, so one week ago, the night it became apparent that um we were going to hire Josh Heifel. And it was really funny because we had said, yeah, we'll do another pod whenever we make the announcement. Yeah. And then whenever we got Josh Heifel, we were just like, eh, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, I mean, man, I, I, man, yeah. I didn't really want to talk about it. I'm sure you didn't either. Um, you know, I mean, what is there really to say? Well, tell it. Say it. I've, I've, I've talked a lot about it on the radio so uh, people should know my take. I mean, I'll, I'll obviously chime back in, but we want to hear your take. I think it was just the most um, uninspiring, laziest hire that Tennessee has made um, in all of these coaching changes at football. Like, and I'll even throw basketball in that too. I mean, like, I, you know, I guess hiring Barnes could be considered lazy or whatever, but like at least Barnes had like a track record of like winning a ton of games, like. We all have his qualms with the NCAA tournament, but like this was just the most uninspiring, laziest hire. I am still one week later, like it still blows my mind. It, this even happened this morning when I like saw a tweet from UT Football. I guess it was the Volkos tweet about Josh Heupel. It's like, and I realize, like I continually realized that actually, in fact, Josh Heupel is now the head coach of the Tennessee Volunteers. It's a constant renewal of amazement and shock, and I'm not even disgusted at this point. Like, I'm still just absolutely surprised that he is our head football coach. I I mean, I just – I still – I don't understand. It's impossible for me to understand because, you know – I don't know, like, how I could even possibly get to the point where I understand how Danny White made this move. Um, because he, you know, what did, did you did you see the list? I guess of names according to VolQuest that the search firm reached out to. 
when was it? When was this list of names posted? Uh, brother G Man. I don't know when the. I don't know when it came onto VolQuest, but brother G Man posted it uh, last night at twelve forty six a.m. in the hyped for hypo thread. No, I, on, I did not see that. I, I did not see that. It says per VolQuest, the search firm reached out to Fickle, Fleck, Napier, Campbell, Gary Patterson, Dykes, Elliot. And Franklin. Okay. The search firm did not say, hey, call Josh Heupel. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, the search firm it didn't include three key names. Um, I mean, those three names, to me, you cannot, like, you cannot judge this UT coaching search without factoring in those three names. Um, because for you to say, okay, well, those guys that Parker search firm that you just listed, okay, they, several of them turned us down. Sonny Dykes would have taken the job, blah, blah, blah. And then he opted to go with Heupel over Dykes. Okay. But that's not a fair judgment of the situation because it's, it's excluding three names that really mattered that really matter when you're judging this coaching search. And, you know, it just baffles me that they did not even pick up the phone to try Lane Kiffin or Jamie Chadwell. Like, at least, at least if you're going to hire Josh Heupel, man, you have to meet with Jamie Chadwell face-to-face. One would hope. I just I, I understand. I even said this on the radio last week. With I just you. don't know. I just don't know why Josh Heupel would get the call over Jamie Chadwell from a search firm. I understand that the search firm has both of their names on there. Although I guess the search firm didn't have either names on there. So never mind. Never mind. I was going to blame the search firm for like what the hell were the characteristics that got Heupel on there, but not Chadwell. But I guess the search firm didn't want Josh Heupel either. Yeah. So. So never mind. I'm sorry, search firm. I mean, I, I said this on the radio last Tuesday night with you. I understand. I think Tennessee fans could rationalize why that the powers that be would not look at Hugh Freeze considering these supposed sanctions that are coming down. However, Josh Heupel and Danny White got up there on the podium last Wednesday and acted like the sanctions were no big deal. No big deal. So, if they're no big deal, then how do you not, like, you have to think that Hugh Freeze is not going to screw up again. I mean, and all that being said, like, how do you not call Link? Like, I know, like, you made fun of me for the whole Link Kiven thing, and, like, it did become a bit of a meme or whatever, but how do you not call him? Well, the meme was just that everyone who's followed us on the internet since, like, 2014 remembers when you hated Lane Kiffin and made fun of me all the time for it. I, that's kind of what I was laughing about. Well, I mean, becoming a Kiffin, you know, a Kiffin sheep after, after you know, hating him for – from when did we become internet friends? 2013, I believe? Yeah, I didn't like Lane Kiffin for a while, okay? Like, I admit You it. hated him. You hated him. You mocked him. I admit it, okay? Admit that you mocked him. I mocked, you mocked him. me for thinking just, he was a good offensive coach. I mocked you. Okay, that's all I wanted to know, so that's why I thought it was funny. 
Um, that's why that's and that you would try to turn me against the me into the anti-Kiffin guy. That's what bothered me. I didn't. Ha- I'm glad the truth is out. I didn't have to and do truth, anything. And I hope that the truth sets you free. Your actions, your actions hope, for yourself. I hope that the truth has set you free and that there's a huge weight off of your shoulders for admitting that you used to be anti-Kiffin and you used to mock me for having the the big brain to think he was a good offensive mind. I, just, I hope you feel better now. Thank you. I feel better. The patrons feel better knowing that you're not lying and knowing that I was right the whole time whenever, you know, we were arguing and they always say the parents are fighting. I'm glad they know that, you know, mom was the one sleeping around, not dad. Your mom in this scenario. Like, you're just more petite, you know. Usually the woman's more petite. I just don't know how you don't talk to Lane Kiffin. And then we haven't even gotten, like, really to the issue of Jamie Chadwell. AP Coach of the Year from East Tennessee. Wife from East Tennessee. His family still lives in East Tennessee. Went to Tennessee games growing up. Grew up a UT fan. Don't forget, named his son Heath. Named his son Heath. After Heath Schuler Would have... You know, you could have gotten him to come here, the AP Coach of the Year, and you could have basically done what Arkansas did. You could have gone cheap on the head coach to go hire badass coordinators. They could have done that, and along with it, they could have gotten a really good head coach. So you still sound really mad that we hired Josh Heupel. Or just disgusted. Maybe not mad, but Well, I mean, we're talking about the search, like... Yeah, no, I said, no, you you sound down and out about it still. I mean, my issue is that like, I think what bothers me more than anything, really, is that if they had just sacked up and said, look, Jeremy Pruitt has lost six straight games by double digits. That is all the impetus to fire him that we need. We are firing him now and paid the $13 million. They could have went and gotten whoever they wanted. Like, I am assuming... That it did, especially if they were going to flop out. Fuck you, money! Like everyone claimed they were going to do. Like, I am assuming in this instance that the James Franklin stuff was real, that it's real, and that it happened, and that they got very far in discussions with him, and that he balked. At the end of the day, he balked because of NCAA infractions. Also, I think people were trying to say that he wanted to be the highest-paid coach in college football. I don't know if that's true, but apparently he was asking for close to 10, 10 years, 10, $100 million. Well, let me tell you something, John. If I was over this search, and let's just be honest, if I was Jimmy Haslam, even though I wasn't the athletic director of Tennessee, I would be over this search. Sure. And I would have made sure that James Franklin got his wish. You know what happens if you make James Franklin the highest-paid coach at 10 years, $100 million? You get really good at football again. Well, that, but I was going to say that Davo Sweeney and Nick Saban go to Clemson, Alabama, get a raise, and then you're not the highest paid coach yeah, anymore, but- and it's fine. You, you, you don't have to say you're, you're paying anybody more than ever because, you know, other people would pony up, and I'm telling you, when the SEC money comes in, these coaches are going to make, be making 12 14 it's, million Yeah, it's, a it's year. getting there anyway. Everyone knows it is. I mean, like. Yeah. Uh, I, I was hoping that we would just pull – and do that, I, I don't know. Apparently, uh, that was a stopping point. But it, it sounds as if uh, Sam Bradford and Matt Wells haven't won you over for Josh Heupel. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, like, I, I don't have 
anything really against Heupel one way or the other. Like, I foresee us scoring a bunch of... Do you know what I'm talking about whenever I say Matt Wells and Sam Bradford? Do you know what I'm talking about? Sam Bradford, the quarterback? Yeah. Matt Wells, the coach at Texas Tech? Damn, I really didn't think you were going to know who Matt Wells was. Because yeah. I wouldn't have known who the fuck Matt Wells was had you told me that before today. He coached at Utah State before that. Did, did, didn't Heupel, did Heupel coach at Utah State for a while? Or did he go straight from, uh, did he go straight to Missouri from Oklahoma? No, no, he had to go to, he had to yeah, he did a year at Oklahoma State or at Utah State. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. That's what I thought. So at least it was a school like Utah State. Let me make sure, but I think it was. It was. And so he was Matt Wells' offensive coordinator. His, yeah, once he got his ass fired from from Oklahoma, yeah, he went to Utah State for one year and then back to Missouri. Yeah, I mean, I have nothing against Josh Heupel. I see us scoring a lot of points against bad teams. You know, maybe he can beat the South Carolinas, Kentuckys, and such, but anybody good, the big three, we're not going to beat. I mean, I just – I don't see any reason to be excited about it. Like, he's, you know – I really didn't want him – like, once the hire is made, you know, it's like, okay, well, this is our guy. We just have to hope that, you know, he can bring the best staff. We get the best staff possible, and, you know, maybe he will give up calling plays and just become the CEO type, and he's decent enough at that, but he's obviously not going to do that. He's going to call plays. I didn't really want him to bring his entire offensive staff with him from UCF. I don't care that they score a lot of points at UCF. I really – I could not care less. I don't want him calling plays. Like, I, I, the offensive line coach, Ellerby, by all accounts, does seem to be awesome. Um, I do not know what exactly happened between him and Barry Odom that caused him to get fired at Missouri, but he was, in 2016, the only assistant, the only position coach that was a finalist for the Broyles Award. And in 2018, he was, like, one of three position coaches that was a semifinalist for the Broyles Award. So that guy seems to be a really good offensive line coach, certainly better than what we've had. Like, I, I'm ter- perfectly fine with him bringing Glenn Ellerby. I don't really want to see the entire offensive staff taking whole cloth from Orlando to Knoxville. Like, I, you know, so I just, I still, I see no reason to be, like, optimistic about it. We somehow, I mean, we still don't have a defense coordinator, Nobody knows what the hell we're doing. The Chris Ash rumor, I guess, was just that, a rumor. Um, I I mean, they could keep Kevin Steele, and I guess some people might be that, like, might get excited about that. But, like, I'm just, I, I'm, no, like, Kevin Steele did a great job at Auburn. I'm not going to get that excited about Kevin Steele being named defense coordinator. Like, that's fine, whatever. They'll bring Rodney Garner back to UT. And he'll get good defensive line recruits. But I am over, like, it all comes down to the head coach at the end of the day. You can have great assistants that are great recruiters, but, like, the head coach is still responsible for instilling discipline and instilling the overall attitude of the team. And if you're not going to have a coach that's like a great X's and O's guys, he at the very least has to be able to take a step back and just be the CEO like Orgeron did at LSU. And yeah, like 
LSU sucked last year. LSU's probably not going to be that good again under Orgeron. But they caught lightning in a bottle one time because he stepped back and he allowed his two coordinators, who were both very, very great, to just do their jobs. And we have hypo column plays. And that just... I just don't see it. I mean, I'm not... Grumpy Seth is back, everybody. I'm not Everybody, mad please about press it. F in the chat for Grumpy Seth. He's back. We shouldn't have talked Tennessee football because Seth is upset. Please press F. Like, I'm not mad. Like, I just don't see any reason to be excited either. And I know you don't. Oh, yeah, I'm not excited. Like, it's just disgusting to me. Like, the whole thing is, like, it just seems like all the stuff about Dykes and Elliott was a smokescreen that they never offered Elliott the job. We were totally wrong. Like, I thought that Elliot was the first guy in the second tier. That if he missed out on his people, then he would go get Elliot. And he never even offered Elliot the job, I don't think. The Clemson 24-7 moderator certainly seemed to think that he never got offered. So, um, it just seems like Danny's prerogative was that when he swung and he missed on James Franklin, that he was going to go back home to what he knew and to what he was comfortable with which was Josh Heupel. And it just blows my mind. Like, I mean, it's just, I mean, there's just nothing really else to say. Like, it's gross. Gosh, no offense to Josh Heupel. He seems actually like a pretty affable, affable guy. I mean. Yeah, if Josh Heupel's listening, uh, there's, you know, we're, we're not down on you as a person. You seem nice. Like, he seems likable. Seems like a good guy. Seems like a good family man. I mean, I'll, I'll say that the hype up speech at the Kansas game didn't really get me going. You know, you didn't didn't really bring the energy, but you know maybe that's not who you are, and it's not your fault. There's only like, you know, twenty five percent crowd there, and you're you're speaking in front of five thousand people versus twenty. It's tough. It's tough. I'm just concerned this guy's not going to recruit worth a damn. I mean, that's really all it is. It comes down to. No, I, mean, I see no reason to think why he will recruit well. Yeah, I, I can't see him selling anybody on coming to Tennessee. It, it it just to me, I just hope that Dr. Danny White is smart enough to realize that you know this might not work two years in and realize like hey maybe now I can go upgrade and get a better coach I hope he's smooth enough to know that and like you know Hypo will be rewarded handsomely you know his buyout's pretty good so I just hope Danny doesn't like have to try to sell us on you know him being the guy for three or four I mean, years. I hope he realizes if if we, we're maxing out six or seven wins like that's nice but like we're not gonna be happy with that let's let's go try to upgrade At least the buyout after three years isn't thirteen million. I mean, it's still going to be seventy five percent of what he what he's owed. So it would be what do you get a six year contract unless the NCAA is in trouble. So it's four years each. So it'd be seventy five percent of twelve million. So hell, it ain't much cheaper. I mean, nine is three yeah. million dollars cheaper, but but I mean, the money is going to be so stupid that it doesn't matter. And look, I hope Hypo, I hope Hypo proves this wrong. I hope he comes in and he's awesome and. We have us a good coach. Like I said, I have nothing wrong with this guy personally. I just I don't know how you would be excited about this hire. That's all we're saying. It's just not an exciting hire. It's not sexy. He doesn't pass the handsome te- test. No offense to him. I don't pass the handsome test. It's fine. We're two peas in a pod. Maybe he's down to earth. Maybe he'd come on the on the podcast with us. Maybe he'd come shoot a farm video with me. I don't think I'm going to be shooting any farm videos because with uh, Josh Heupel, but either way. Yeah, it just, I mean, it just sucks. Like, there's just no other, I mean, it sucks. Like, I, 
it's um again all they had to do was not be cheap they could have just fired him with the buyout of 13 million you would not have invited the you to get out of 13 million dollars you willingly invited the NCAA onto your campus and you lost several you know you you lost your best overall offensive talent you lost a safety who was very highly rated coming out of high school. We don't really know if he's any good, but I, we certainly wanted to see what he had. And you lost an offensive lineman who was all SEC as you know made the all SEC freshman team, started every game at left tackle as a true freshman, and wasn't terrible. He was worse as a sophomore, and nobody's going to argue that. But you lost him too. I mean, you've lost who the hell else have you lost that is going to contribute? You lost your. You lost your place kicker. All because you just you didn't have the guts to just take the buyout and fire his ass. He lost you six straight games by double digits. Like that literally, what other reason did you need to fire him other than that? Like he didn't lose those games because of a COVID year. Nobody that watched the Kentucky game thought to themselves, Tennessee wins that game if they had just been able to have a full fall camp. Nobody that watched the Arkansas game thinks Tennessee would have been able to win in Fayetteville if they had just had a full fall camp. Nobody that watched the Auburn game thinks Tennessee would have just been able to win that if they had just had a full fall camp. No, they lost all those games because the head coach would not make a change at starting quarterback because he was terrible, because he was absolute dog shit. And that was reason enough to fire him. And the fact that Fulmer wanted to stick with them was reason enough to fire Phil, too. Buyouts be damned. I mean, like, I, you know, Austin posted the the expenses that Tennessee has racked up in the lawyer fees and the search firms and stuff like that. And, 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 at the end of the day, what they're having to pay was almost what the original buyout was. So the idea to me that you saved money by not having to pay the $13 million buyout is, it's not true. If it's, if it's true, it's true in a very narrow sense and not in a way that actually means anything because Tennessee football makes so much damn money. It's not like Tennessee is barely operating in the positive here. They are making money hand over fist. This is not a shoestring operation. Just all you had to do was fire him. And you didn't, and this is what we get. And as usual, of course, the players and fans get punished. While nobody up there really does, except I guess Phil Fulmer did get punished by losing his job. But, you know. I mean, I am glad Danny White's our AD because at some point Rick Barnes will want to retire. I'm sure he will wait to get to 800 wins. And Fulmer might not have been around in the first place to hire his replacement, but I do feel a lot better with Danny White hiring his replacement than I do, Rick, than I do Phil Fulmer, so that's nice. But, I mean, the best, the football program is just, it's disgusting. It's not worth paying attention to. Like, I, I had no idea that, like, the Chris, that, that Chris Ash was, like, the hot rumor. I didn't even know that 
the search firm had we knew who the search firm had talked to and all that like I mean I just stopped paying attention to it yeah I don't give a shit what do you think about the basketball team uh beat Kansas gave up a lot of open shots to Kansas they didn't hit them we get you know our second or third biggest win of the year I I thought that it was about time for Tennessee to have a good game again um, yeah, I was much more. I was much more, um, you know, impressed, and came out feeling optimistic about the offense. Yeah, I didn't think the defense played badly. I mean, what they had, Kansas had three shots at the rim in the first half. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's. A, I, don't, I, I don't know how Kansas usually suits a three, but I just know that you know they missed a lot of open looks. Well, I don't either. I do know all that I know about Kansas's offensive game is that. Um, that OJ Abaje or whatever he's their leading scorer, and on Thursday night before the before the game Saturday, they scored 19 points in the first half against TCU. So they're not. Yeah. They're, yeah they 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 look like shit. They're not a great offensive unit. Um, I thought Tennessee's defense was good. Um, I don't really worry about the defense any whatsoever when it comes to this team. Like even against Alabama, well, Alabama scored 68 points against Tennessee or something. I mean, like, Alabama's putting up triple digits on teams, and they scored 68 against UT. Like, that defense wasn't the reason we lost that game. Um, so, I thought that it was just about time for Tennessee to snap out of it. Like, I'm not going to argue with anyone that says Tennessee's not as good as they were thought to be because in the season they were not worthy of their uh, preseason ranking or their or their or how high or being ranked sixth or whatever they were ranked but Tennessee's not as bad as they showed either in that in the week where we lost to Florida and Missouri I think everyone would agree with that Tennessee's not nearly that bad um both of those losses they didn't have Jaden Springer I think that the problems were much deeper than Springer I said that last week um I think that it just comes down to like Fulkerson and Pons. Fulkerson didn't have his head up his ass Saturday, and he played well on offense, and look what happened. And that was the best offensive game that Pons has played all year. Pons, it took Pons about 10 or 12 games, but he finally remembered that he can, in fact, shoot it. His last three games have been very good. He's shooting like 27% from three for the season. However, he is shooting 41% from three his last three games. He's 5 of 12. So, like, he's turning a corner a little bit, and I think if he can, you know, just confidently shoot a couple of those shots a game, that, that'll help us a lot. You know, I like, you know, Jaden Springer is our best player, talent-wise, probably, I feel like. I still think that the offense has to go through Fulkerson. Like, he has to give you something. He has to give you 10 points. When he is doing his shit that he did, like against Florida and against Missouri, then Tennessee is going to be bad. Um, he is so important to this offense. I feel like I'm not saying that he's the that he's the best player. Like he's not. Um, but when he plays bad, Tennessee is inexplicably awful. And we can blame it on Jaden Springer. And Jaden Springer does have a massive effect. When he's not on the floor, we are much worse on offense. But when you don't have Jaden Springer and John Fulkerson is playing with his head up his ass, then Tennessee is going to suck. And 
Josiah James also played well against Kansas. He has to be able to, sh- he has to shoot the open three and make one or two a game. He has to do it. And he did against Kansas. I thought it was time for Tennessee to snap out of it, and they did. Um, now let's see what they have tonight. It's a massive four-game stretch coming up. Um, Who do we got? We got tonight, Ole Miss, Tennessee. Last I saw, only three-and-a-half-point favorites. Yeah, at Ole Miss we got tonight. Kentucky, Kentucky on Saturday. At Kentucky. Then Florida at home in a week. Or that might be Tuesday or Wednesday night of next week. I think it's Tuesday night. Um, Tennessee has fought at home, and then the following Saturday in 11 days or whatever, Tennessee goes to LSU. Okay, so yeah, big big four. I mean, I think we should get through these next two games, hopefully. Like, I mean, it'd be both these losses, both these games this week would be a bad loss. What? But next week, next, I said uh, losing to Ole Miss or Kentucky, I would consider, you know, bad losses. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do think that, like, I – the the week where we lost at Florida and Missouri, that I mean that was a disgusting week. Like all that aside, Tennessee is still ninth in the net rankings. They still have three top, they still have three quad one wins. Like Will Warren made a good point about ten days ago or so. It might have even just been it might have even been more recent than that, where he said he brought up the 2017. Um, I'm sorry, rather the. Yes, the 2017-2018 Tennessee team, where that team went through a stretch where they got drilled by Alabama and Colin Sexton. It was like 80-something to 50-something. They lost to Georgia at home, and then I think they lost to South Carolina on the road or barely beat South Carolina on the road. I mean, it was a disgusting three-game stretch. That team ended up getting a three-seed and having a great year. Um, Like, there's still a lot of basketball to be left like to be played and Tennessee is sitting at 12 and three. They're not as bad as they looked against Florida and Missouri. They have offensive questions, but I mean, they're still like, we're still like a top 12 team. You know, I mean, I think like we're ninth in the net rankings. Torvik has us like ninth. I think Ken Palm has us in the top 15. And it's very important to remember we are undefeated with Jaden Springer. And we are undefeated with Jaden Springer. You cockroaches, listen up. We're undefeated, never lost with Jaden Springer. Please write that down if you're listening. So, I mean, we are... Until we lose with Jaden Springer, we will continue to be undefeated with Jaden Springer. Please write that down as well. Until we we lose, we will still be undefeated. Like, I was looking at the net rankings earlier in Tennessee's ninth. Tennessee's... Unless Jaden Springer doesn't play that game either, then that still won't count. 15th on Ken Palm, and they are 10th on Torvik. Um, I mean, we're the second overall defense on both Torvik and Ken Palm. Um, we're the 63rd and um, 60th offense. So, I mean, the offense, like, I, I just thought, like, you know, the offense Saturday looked really good. We didn't take too many threes, and the threes we took, we hit a lot of them. Like, it was nice just to see Victor Bailey rediscover the ability to hit a three. So, I, I, I was very I was very upbeat and pleased after that game. Also, 16-17 from the free throw line. Okay. 
So we'll see what All we right. have tonight. I mean, uh, there's absolutely zero excuse to lose tonight. Ole Miss is eight and eight, three and six in conference. Um, they're not very good. They just lost to Georgia. Then before that, they lost to Arkansas by fifteen. They've lost to Georgia at home. So they've lost to Wichita State at home. I mean, they're not very good. There's zero reason to lose this game. Playing down there last time, was that the game where Admiral tried to take the charge? Yeah, Admiral took or that he, charge. He, he did take the charge. Yeah. Probably a block, but either way, I believe Grant got really clutch on the go-ahead bucket as well. Yes, he did. He had a go-ahead bucket from like 10 feet. That being said, that, that Ole Miss team made the NCAA tournament. They were an eight or a nine seed. They got absolutely ass hammered in the first round by Oklahoma, but that was a decent. That was a pretty good Ole Miss team. Um, this Ole Miss team is not very good, and there will be no crowd. I was actually at that game two years ago, and the crowd actually really yeah, crowd actually um, like it's a small arena, but the crowd's on top of the court. Like the crowd did make a difference. It got pretty raucous in there. Um, because o- Ole Miss was good. I mean, Ole Miss was good. And uh, Tennessee, what were we ranked when we were in there? Were we, were we still number one? Or I think no? we were number one. Okay. Um, so we were the hunted. We were the big dogs. Yeah. I'm looking. Which up. I mean, we're still be a top, you know, twelve team, but not the same type of pressure. No, not the same type of pressure. Um, was that 2018 we were ranked sixth. I'm sorry. We were ranked sixth. We were 25 and three. They were 19 and nine. Okay, so that would have been already after we probably lost to Kentucky. Yeah, that that, that game was at the end of the season. Was that the follow up game after we lost to Kentucky? It was no, the game. The um, let me. That was we had just lost to LSU by two the infamous referee game and we had we had lost to Kentucky badly um beaten Vanderbilt by 12 lost to LSU by two and then beat Ole Miss by two then beat Kentucky by 19 okay so yeah all right let's get to some patron questions we actually don't have very many today Uh, I think I put the channel thread up a little too late but we got some new patrons to shout out uh new two dollar patron who became a five dollar patron to get access to the discord nick norton shout out to brother nick norton we love you and appreciate you new five dollar patron vulcan vol shout out to brother vulcan vol we love you and appreciate you very much well, let's see we got uh mitchell page upped his pledge from two dollars to five dollars shout out to brother mitchell page we love you and appreciate you Ben Franklin upped his pledge from $5 to $100. No, I'm just kidding. Just to $10. Just to $10. Shout out to Brother Benjamin, our greatest statesman. We love you and appreciate you. Who was not a president. Many people don't know that. He was not. Trey Clark upped his pledge from 5 to $10. Shout out to Brother Trey. We love you and appreciate you. You have a tremendous mustache, buddy. And new $20 patron, Dustin Warren. Shout out to Brother Dustin Warren. Thank you very much. We love you a little bit more than the others because you're giving more money, and we appreciate you very much. I think all that is uh, fair to say. All right, let's see. Let's see what we got. Like I said, not a lot of questions. Uh, BMV says, what thread has benefited the most for the continued downturn of Tennessee football? 
So where have you turned instead of wallowing in the misery of Tennessee football? Or have uh, you just been wallowing in the ball thread? Ball football thread to enjoy the misery of Tennessee football. I would say the NFL thread got pretty good. Um, start paying more attention to that. Um, okay. Just in general and general, the general thread. Just yeah, I'd say general's general. probably gotten better too. Okay, yeah. good question about the MV. All right, let's see. Uh, CB wants to know what is one thing you hate and one thing you love each about your jobs. Um. Well, I love being able to work with computers and then but I also hate having to uh to deal with people sometimes I said that that would be my one my main issue with it is wait Seth doesn't like dealing with people is dealing with um my customers and such since when do you have to deal with people well not in telework but you know in person yeah because they're right there so they can come here. Just your coworkers. <laughs> no, not even my coworkers necessarily. Just, um, you know, uh, you know, an angsty customer, a thorny customer that can come to my desk and see what I'm up to and question me, that kind of thing. Things I like. Um, I like the community of uh, my job. People that listen. Uh, people that will say nice things to me, people that, uh, you know, say, I mean, a lot of people that listen to the radio are like, hey, you know, you feel like a friend. I've known you for a long time, even though this is the first time we've ever met. That's always cool. I always enjoy that. Uh, the worst part about it, I mean, there's just not a lot of, like, financial security, a lot of planning for the future with it, not a lot of great benefits. That's, to me, the worst part of it. Outside of that, it would be, um, man, the off season. The off season's pretty tough. Yeah. Offseason's pretty tough. Uh, let's see. Troy wants to know, who finishes with more Super Bowl appearances, Patrick Mahomes or Thomas Brady? I I got to go with um, Brady. I mean, I know that it seems like Mahomes is – but like, who knows what happens with the Chiefs, you know? I mean, right, so Brady is in now what? His, is, is this his 10th? 10th or 11th, yeah. I believe he's 6-3. and three. Is that correct? He's lost to the Giants twice and the Eagles once. That's it, right? That's the only yeah. Super Bowls he's lost. Yeah. So he's 6-3. Six, six and three. He's looking at number 10. Mahomes has already got two in four years in the league. I mean, yeah, I think you have to go with Brady, right? Just yeah. off of – because I don't think Mahomes' stake to being the GOAT is going to be Super Bowls. It's going to be like he's going to blow every passing statistic out of the water. Yeah. I mean, I, I I just don't think what Brady's done is like ever going to happen again, and maybe it does. Who knows? It, yeah, I mean, like the the run the Patriots have been on. I mean, obviously unprecedented. I mean, Mahomes a better talent than Brady. We don't know if he's a better winner or not. He might lose by one just because they that D Ford being offsides two mm-hmm. years ago. Mahomes really should make th- should have made three straight Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. Um. I just don't know what happens in Kansas City. Like, are they going to be able to continuously retool? Yeah, exactly. Because Kansas City's defense is going to get older. We don't know if they can, you know, just have a system in place because, you know, Belichick could always at least keep the defense good and Brady could handle the offense. Yeah. Mahomes might not have a defensive guy there helping him. And, I mean, Kelsey's not going to play forever and Tyreek Hill's not going to be fast forever. And they're not going to be able to afford both those guys forever. So, how does it look then? Yeah. I'll go Brady. I mean, it's just hard to beat 10, man. Yeah, 10 is absurd. 
10 is absurd. Uh, Brother Ryan T. Shannon, do you want six more weeks of winter? Absolutely not, Ryan. Absolutely not, buddy. I do not want six more weeks of winter. Do, what did the groundhog do today? Do we know? He uh, saw a shadow. And what does that mean again? It means six more weeks of winter, but then I saw someone say the groundhog only has 40% accuracy, so it actually <laughs> means the opposite. Uh, okay. I don't know what the fuck to make of that. What a dumb tradition, by the way. I hate that so much every yeah, it's, year. It's stupid. It's stupid. This uh, dumb little fucking groundhog that apparently they pretend is immortal. Have you, have you seen that? No, I did not know that. They claim this groundhog's been there since 1860. It's the same groundhog as what they claim. Okay. I mean, do they expect people to believe that? Kids, maybe? Maybe it's just for kids yeah, there? Yeah, maybe it's just I, I for know. kids. Yeah, maybe it's just for kids. But then why the fuck do I have to worry about it? I don't know. Here in Tennessee? I don't know. I'm not a kid. I'm 30 years old. You're a grown-ass man. For another man. six weeks. You're a grown-ass man. Then I'll be 31. That's how that works. You go from 30 to 31. In, what, five weeks? March 8th, in case you guys want to get me a present. Brother OG Matt, not a question, but I hope you both are doing well in these difficult times. Thank you, Brother Matthew. Um, likewise, I hope you are staying warm in St. Louis. I'll answer cold. the question. Uh, do we want six more, six more weeks of winter? No, I do not. It hasn't really been that bad of a winter here in Tennessee so far. Not to jinx it, but I kind of like wearing the winter clothes. I don't like it when it gets too hot. I like wearing long sleeves, bro. Long sleeves, and I've got a nice little hat going where, you know, me as a bald man, I could just throw on a – I got like three different Carhartt beanies I can throw on or toboggans I can throw on and just wear those and, you know, voila. People don't know I'm bald. That's true. Don't have to cut my hair as frequently. Don't sweat as frequently. I don't feel guilty for making Frank come inside earlier from the from outside. I'm just like, bro, it's fucking freezing. We gotta go back inside. We're not going for a walk. It's too cold. Yeah, February is so the worst. I, I wouldn't month. really mind it. February is the really worst month. It. So let, let, that's let's, what I'm worried about, though. Let's I'm worried, monitor, yeah, I'm worried, Fe- get, let's, let's yeah. monitor February. Yeah, I'm worried it's gonna get brutal this uh, this month. All right, let's see. Uh, Brother Bruce says power rank Knoxville, Memphis, Chattanooga, and Nashville. Um. I don't know how to do this. I love all the cities. I hate, I hate how we argue about these cities. They're all great cities. They all got redeeming qualities. That being said, Memphis is last. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me, Chattanooga is last. Because you of don't the, like Chattanooga? Because the of the traffic. Is, because okay, of the traffic, yeah. simply. You, you coming up from Alabama, you get fucked by the traffic. So and I it's understand so that bad. Sure. It's so bad that I specifically take the longer route through Middle Tennessee now, even though it is like 45 min- extra minutes, just because at least I can continue driving, even though it's going to take longer than sitting in Chattanooga. So, but I don't have anything in particular against the city of Chattanooga. I always have a nice time when I go out in Chattanooga. Yeah, it's a nice city. Um, Brother Diesel. What is the best commercial on TV now, and why is it the Geico Scoop? There it is, commercial. It is a tremendous commercial. It's not the best one. It's not the best one. It's uh, a, you guys overrate that one so much. It's a tremendous commercial, Diesel. Nothing makes me laugh. like Every time I see it, I laugh when Denny Hamlin looks so disgusted sitting out of the dominoes when his girl says, Hey, Denny, I like your PJs. <laughs> and he's in his racing suit. Yeah. And he says, PJs? He just nails it. It's perfect. It's comedic genius by Danny. Danny, Danny, not Danny, Danny. Producer, cut that out. 
PJs. I love it. Brother William Warren. Hey, Danny, I like your PJs. That is a funny commercial. PJs. Gets me every time. Although they shouldn't have said PJs during a Domino's commercial because PJs makes me think of Papa John's. Yep. Somebody should have stopped that and stopped them in the office and told them that because I want PJs whenever I see that commercial. The progressive becoming your parents commercial, Chad, is fantastic oh, oh, as well. Oh, those are great. Those are great. Th- those They're are not, awesome. Yep. Those, that's a great series. Yep. Good, good call. Good call. Brother William Warren ranked the following teams missing the we NCAA. We all see it. We all see it. We all see it. His hair is blue. Oh, every time. That's a good one. You think we're going to get some new good ones for the Super Bowl? I hope so. I guess it's yeah, it's 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 the Super Bowl of Super Bowl commercials right now. It's time. It's a Super Bowl for commercials. You yes. get it? It's, it's the most it. important time for them. I get it, buddy. Ranked following teams missing the NCAA tournament field this year from funniest to least funny: Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina, which is currently a ten seed and barely in, and lastly, Michigan State. Is so, Memphis going to make it? I assume Memphis is going to make it since they weren't on the list. But I don't think me, so. I don't think so. Oh, okay, well, that's pretty funny to me, too. To me, the funniest is Duke, just because Coach K has just turned into a villain. See, I like, part of me, like, if there was no Kentucky bias here, then it would be Duke, for sure, because of how K has acted this year. Like, it is so funny to me to see Duke just suck ass. Like I find, I do find great enjoyment out of Michigan State being terrible because they're. I've I, I hate watching them even when they're good. I don't like watching them. I got they. I find them immensely boring. Like they are immensely boring to me. I hate the Big Ten. The only Big Ten team period of like the last 10 years that has ever been fun to watch for me personally has been Michigan. Um, but Michigan State's not as funny as Kentucky and Duke, and I don't hate North Carolina. So I will go. I feel like growing up I had it backwards, though. I feel like growing up I thought North Carolina were the good guys and Duke was the bad guys. I feel like the I feel like UNC and Chapel Hill, those guys are way more pretentious than the actual Duke guys. I feel like I've switched my, my allegiances there. I used to love Rashad McCants and Raymond Felton and those boys, but I I don't like the UNC fan base. I think I hate them more than the Duke fan base. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. No, I, I, I understand entirely what you are saying. Like, they are a very pretentious um, fan base. Uh, Joe Lenardi does not have Memphis in. He does not have him in the last – first four out or the next four out um so i don't know that anybody i guess maybe yukon will also make it from the american but um that might just be like a one bid league with houston um so memphis is not going to make it um Oh, UConn's in the big east now UConn's in the big east now so kentucky's pretty damn funny too it is it is funny i mean they Kentucky had the number one ranked recruiting class in the nation last year. How much time do you think Cal's going to get? How mad do you think they are at Cal? Like, is he in the danger of getting fired? Like, I don't know who they would hire to replace him, but, like, he hasn't made the Final Four since 2015, and right now they're getting ready to go, like, six games under 500. Yeah, I don't know that he would ever get fired. I think that it would be like, you know, hey, you need to leave and go somewhere else, and he would do that. 
like he could would go back to the NBA or something. I mean, you know, just in the recent past, the loss in the Elite Eight to Auburn was completely unforgivable. Yeah, they had just beaten the dog shit out of Auburn. And they choked that game away. And I hadn't even really thought of that one. The, the Auburn one doesn't stand out to me. The one that stands out to me is getting beat by Kansas State. Yes, the year before. Yeah, that to me, that's the one that would drive me crazy if I was a Kentucky fan. Because they, they, they were going to walk to the Final Four. Yeah, I mean, the, we had gotten beat by Loyola. Cincinnati had gotten beat by Nevada. Right. So, I mean, like... Arizona they, had gotten beat by Buffalo. I mean, like... All they, all they would have had to do was beat Kansas State and then beat... Beat Loyola. That's it. Yeah. That's to the get, one that would make me angry. To get to the Final Four, the high seed they were going to have to beat is nine. They were going to beat a 12, 13, 9, 11 to get to the Final Four, and they did not. I just... That team with, with P.J. Washington and Tyler Harrow, they had beaten, at the end of February, they beat Auburn 80-53. to 53. And then they lost to them in the Elite Eight. I mean, whew. So, I mean, like, you know, it's been a bad couple of years for him. And honestly, like, they're getting top-level classes, but they're not not—they're not even, like, putting big-time pros in there right now. Like, it's, it's like his recruiting slip, too, or his development or something, or they're just getting the wrong guys because, you know, the last couple drafts, they haven't had the, the number one or number, you know, top five guy or even top yeah. ten guy. Yeah, forget about, like, them not having a John Wall. It's been a while since they've had a De- De'Aaron Fox. Yeah. I mean, you know. Quickly looks like a stud, and maybe Emmanuel Quickly should have been a higher draft pick because he's been really, really good so far in the NBA, and he went at the end of the first round. But, like, he uh, wasn't that good at Kentucky. Maybe he should have been better at Kentucky. No, and he stayed there a while, too. I mean, it wasn't – That's what I'm saying. He's yeah. been a stud, though, in the NBA so far. Like, uh, you know, um, he only started 20 out of 30 games last year for them. Like, I, I, I did – I guess I didn't realize last year that Kentucky, like, was really good. Um, when the season got canceled, they were ranked number six and were 25 and six, 15 and three overall. So I assume they won the SEC. Um, Sorry, does it count? Season didn't finish. Yeah, they, they, season they did. did. They were going to be the number one seed in the SEC tournament. So, like last year, they were pretty good. Didn't I didn't realize that. I mean, it has been a long time since he's gotten to a Final Four. There for a while, he was just pumping out Final Fours. It's been a long time. And I don't really know why, like, he doesn't get the guys that are going to be the first round, the first draft pick in the NBA draft anymore. It's been a while. I mean, even going back to, like, Malik Monk, I mean, like, it, you know, that, that, those guys were, like, him and Jamal Murray were, you know, solid, but, like, you know, not, not the top-level guys. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think, like, Malik Monk was good, I mean, but he wasn't, like, what people thought he was going to be, I don't think. And I think Jamal Murray was, like, the number four pick, so maybe that's unfair to point him out. He's either four or six, but either way. He just used to always have a point guard that was going to be drafted extremely high. He would have the best point guard in the country. Yeah. And he, he's not doing that anymore. He's not coming closer anymore. Even That's going back to Memphis, good. you know. Yeah, the driving kick is no longer there. It's no longer as effective, and I think that's why they're hurting. All right, you got any more questions? I really, really got to piss. I've been having no. to piss for like 30 minutes. So That's all. That's all. Uh, let's answer Thomas's question. How much longer do we think Barnes coaches? He's 66. Just give me a number of years. Uh, however long it takes to get to 800 wins, so three years. I think he's like at 720 right now. You say three years? Yeah. So, I'd say he'll be... Four a, years, four years then, I guess, yeah. Well, I don't know. It could be three. Man, I don't know. I feel like he could coach another five years. I, I do, too. Years. I, I, mean, think I think he, he would at least... 10, really. I mean, 
I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying I think he will, but like, I mean, coaches are coaching so long now. He's got 721 wins. So I think he'll get to 800. Why wouldn't you? I mean, you know, I'll say it depends you? on how these next couple years go and the success they have. But yes, he'll coach at least until he's 70. So that's right. I'll go and say six. All right, Seth, I love you. I got to go, buddy. All right, later. Come on. Don't you want me home? I get you what you want. But you want me alone, baby. You held me up when I was down and out. But I don't want you waiting around for me. I don't want you waiting too long. We on the front page of them blogs. Would you be mad at me if the whole world knew this we was on? Would be tragedy. Y'all niggas be gold trying like travel teams. You always in my travel dreams. Lace up two, three stripes and I'm gone. But you just want me home. So they hit my jack like, what the f you doing? Bitch, I'm on and on. You impress me now? Bitch, you gon' stress me out and cuss me out. I had my fair share of women feelings. Don't catch me now. Don't act like I'm average. You want me home. I get you what you want. Superstar status. But you want me alone. I'm gonna heal me up and I was down and out. But I don't want you waiting around for me. I don't want you waiting too long. It's not that I'm over you.